0: Today is Wednesday, April 4th, 2018. Time for episode 49 of the Barnhart Podcast. It feels like a month since the last time we did a fully planned show. And in that time, Bitcoin has lost 42% of its assumed value. The Chinese space station has lost 100% of its altitude. And even my Protestant friends are emailing me with links saying, what the heck regarding to what uh, the junior Bishop and White is saying about uh, the Lord's (laughs) Prayer. But first, happy Easter, Anne. He has truly arisen.
1: Happy Easter super nerd Christ is risen. Did you all have a a good uh, holy triduum and partake of beautiful liturgy?
0: Um I was quite busy with with work so I did not I wasn't able to get out on Thursday and Friday and um we did have the the benefit of the pre-55 liturgy where I'm at right now and uh my wife and uh two of my kids went to that on uh, Saturday afternoon and then I took a bunch of the kids on Saturday or Sunday morning and um it we had a, a great uh, party on on Sunday, and I knocked myself out of uh, ketosis right now. So it's you know it's, it's Easter <laughs> week, so I'm I'm going to be going through the sluggishness next week and the keto flu, getting back into to to, to the flow there. But um, yeah, so far it's a pretty good week.
1: Good. Well, we um, I think a lot of people, a lot of people had pre fifty five. I mean. It, Pretty much everyone had the liberty to do it for the first time this year. Um, and I think that I'm pleasantly surprised at how many reports I'm getting of how many people actually did go ahead and do it. And I saw what what, uh, what we had here and what I saw. And, of course, I did. You know, I went to everything. Um, it just – it it was beautiful it flowed the the liturgical flow of everything just made more sense for the first time um, and, and i had never seen this and i am so happy to have lived to have seen this on um, on good friday the mass of the pre sanctified of course you know before before the the liturgical wars began and the asteroid hit and all that of course Holy Communion was never distributed on Good Friday. There's a pre-sanctified host and the and the priest and only the priest celebrant receives the, the pre-sanctified host, um, it and obviously Holy Communion was never distributed. I mean, that's kind of the point, you know, it's Good Friday. Um, and so, but what I had seen, even when uh, in, in years previous, when I had been for Easter in parishes in which they were kind of doing pre-55 mostly, but, you know, under the radar, um, they would still distribute because they would, They said they were worried that people would complain if, if they weren't able to receive Holy Communion on Good Friday. But this year, I finally, you know, everything was pre-55, and it just, it made sense. Holy Communion was not distributed on Good Friday. Um, the, only, the only little disappointment was that they didn't do all 12 prophecies, and I was really hoping that I would get to see all 12 prophecies all 12 prophecies and comparing notes from other people around the world and what they did and how long it took. It looks like to do all 12 prophecies would have made the, the vigil mass about 45 minutes longer. Um, But I I guess they were, they were trying to be sensitive about, you know, Ha- making it so that people could get home and uh, you know late at night and all of that and they they skimped on the prophecies but all right maybe next year maybe next year something to look forward to but otherwise it was it was absolutely beautiful absolutely glorious and and like i said it just had such a flow and everything made sense and one thing that was really cool um you you know super nerd um the website divinum officium do yes, you I do. ever use that
0: um, I try not to at mass because I just think it looks really weird pulling out a smartphone and trying to follow along on a phone. And despite the fact that there are some other folks who do it, I just, I just feel weird doing it having a, a blue glow emanating from in front of me during mass. It just seems weird. So, but I, I am very well aware of it. In fact, it's something that I'd, I I've wanted to uh, help them with that software project. But honestly, I just don't like Perl as a language. I'd rather fork it and start it all over again. But yeah, I know the website is a long way of saying it.
1: Yeah, well, um, I I um, I use obviously my hand missile as the default, but for the pre fifty five, my missile is nineteen sixty two. Obviously, so it's way 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 different. You need to get and the St.
0: Andrew Daly missile. It's pre fifty five. I know, I know. I, I used to I always say to it's, it's awesome for every part of the uh, the year except for Holy Week. But in <laughs> and of course, <laughs> I had I had to work during the the Triduum, so. Uh, at least Friday, Thursday and Friday. So it's like the, the the two days of the year I could have actually used my missile as it was intended when it was created. Uh, I couldn't make it.
1: Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Life is, a, this world is a veil of tears. But I did use it because I didn't have anything else. So I did use my my phone. And what I do is I, you know, open the contrast on the phone and turn the contrast all the way down so that the light that's coming up out of it is is negligible. Uh, but it's still it's it's still very easy to read. And I agree with you. I, I prefer not to use the smartphone, but in this case, I really really wanted to be following, um, following the mass and all of these proper's and everything. So, uh, when you go and we'll put this link in the in the show notes for everybody. This is a very handy website because it has you open it up and. It has the mass of the day. It has the entire divine office, and then you can pick which um, which missile you're using. And so it's so it was so cool to open divinumofficium.com, go down to the bottom and select Trident 1570, which is what they have it named in the in the the little drop down menu there. Select Trident 1570. Hit enter, then you know the, the mass of the day, the Easter Vigil, Good Friday, whatever it is, it that comes up every single word, and you're sitting there, and I'm, it it was so awesome to just set it to, 1570 and just go and not have to flip back and forth, and everything was consistent, and I was really struck by the fact. I mean, you know that that missile was promulgated in 1570, um, and it was it was almost certainly very, very similar to that before. I don't think there was too much changing of anything. But anyway, let, let, let's say, let's start looking at 1570 forward. So I was doing the triduum, and I was following along and praying the triduum that St. Philip Neri, who died in 1595, that, that he had. We, were, we had exactly the same Exactly the same liturgies, exactly the same rubrics, exactly the same everything. And just go down the list of all of the saints, all of our saint friends who have been since 1570, just to, to draw that line. Saints and go down-
0: canonized with, or, or I should say, over the objections of the devil's advocate.
1: Indeed, over the objections of the devil's advocate, people who really did lead lives of heroic virtue and, and sanctity. And you just go down the list of all of these people and realize it for the first time in your life, you're doing exactly, exactly what they did. And it was, um, it, w- it was. Pretty awesome. So it's um, kind of funny I'm, you
0: mentioned that you set it for 1570, and it just worked because I I asked the priest here uh, which which missile they were using, and he said uh, 1951. But I didn't think it occur to me what exactly changed between 1570 and, and 1951. It's really not a whole lot, apparently. Oh, not a whole
1: lot at all. No, 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 no. It's, you know, I I don't have the kind of photographic memory where I can rattle all this stuff off. But I mean, obviously, a lot has been written on liturgy and so on and so forth. There's a um, just I'm pulling up divinumofficium.com right now. And I'm looking at their drop down menu and their options are Trident 1570, Trident 1910, um, Divino Aflatu reduced 1955 and 1960, which is what what, you know, we use in our 62 missile. Um, So those are your options. And yeah, the the differences between, you know, the the Tridentine promulgation and then what happened um, in, in the mid 50s. Under Pius the Twelfth, when Bunini infiltrated, and um, you know, a lot of people are quick to point out, especially in all these, you know, these days of diabolical disorientation with Bergoglio and all of that, that people—it's kind of the new vogue, as we talked about in the last, um, the last podcast. Um, a lot of people, because they're they're wrong about who who the pope is and who the pope is not, the new in vogue thing to do is basically to just try to shoot down all of these popes you know the only thing you can do in order to reconcile and and hold this premise that bergoglio is in fact the vicar of jesus christ on earth is to basically tear down the papacy and we talked about that in the last episode and we're not gonna go back into that super nerd and i've been talking about that about how every episode just turns into the same beating of this horse we're just gonna try not to go there
0: it's a stale big mac at this point
1: it's a stale big mac it's a stale big mac but um, one of the things that's, you know, it's in vogue now to do is to say, well, all of these popes going going back all through the second half of the 20th century have all been heretics, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and even people go after Pius XII and they say, well, Pius XII, he's the one who promulgated all of these changes in Holy Week. He, he's the one who did all of this. The thing to remember is I think that he was ill.
0: And he was Hitler's pope.
1: He was Hitler's pope. Yeah, that's right. Whatever. <laughs> um, he was by I think by the mid 1950s, he was his health was was not was not good, and I think that he was probably pretty compromised. And a lot of this stuff got pushed through. Um, I suspect when all was revealed at the general judgment, that we're going to see that there was some really horrible stuff going on, and it wouldn't surprise me if. Uh, Pope Ratzinger right now and you know this maneuver that he's done first of all he was looking back at, at JP2 whose descent into paralysis from parkinsons i mean he was an eyewitness to that and he, <laughs> and i'm sure he he saw who he was surrounded with and thought and one of the things that was going through his mind is i have to you know protect protect myself against that um, maybe <laughs> um but I also suspect that Ratzinger had an inkling that, that Pius XII was also taken advantage of. Go ahead. Well,
0: I was going to say, even if um, Pius XII had, uh, shall we say, an, an administrative abeyance at the end of his uh, reign, mm-hmm. there's still the, I guess, the lesson or, or, yeah, I guess the lesson you would take to heart is real popes die in office.
1: Real popes die in office. Yep. Indeed. Indeed. It was just incomprehensible. Um, everybody understood and you know, Ratzinger, that he's said it, and and his personal secretary has said it. That you know, he's he believes that he has fun, fundamentally transformed the papacy, and and just maybe maybe he honestly thinks that he's done the world a favor by doing this, so that you could have, if a, if a man gets sufficiently old or whatever or ill, that there isn't this um, expectation that he die in office. So that's of course wrong, but. Well, well there, there's we're, a certain—there's
0: a certain Kantian or Hegelian dialectic to it, I guess. Ah, uh,
1: well said. There has there has to be a, a happy middle. Well, no, no. <laughs> or <laughs> <a new> synthesis. <laughs> All right, stale Big Macs. Stale Big Macs.
0: <laughs> oh well, it sounds like a show title. Yeah. Right. Oh goodness. <laughs> oh, speaking of staleness, um, let's see.
1: Oh, I have something. Today is the fourth anniversary of the Quran burning. Awesome. I could mention that. You just did. Well, uh, what was it? It was, today is April 4th. So late in the evening of April, in the afternoon and early evening of April 3rd, 2011 is when I actually did and recorded the, the Quran burning with the bacon. And then it got posted late at night on April 3rd. And then I woke up the next morning, April 4th, and life had, life had changed. So um, happy, happy seventh anniversary for the wonderful burning of that wretched, filthy, satanic, evil political manifesto, bookmarked with bacon, and put on YouTube. And it's still, I think it's still there. It still hasn't been taken down. I haven't even looked in a long time, but it's still there. And of course, also at the same time as the Quran burning was the, um, I opened the, the preface to that was the uh, takedown of Lindsey Graham. And he's the one who inspired the Quran burning. Um, and that is still there. And Lindsey, you stupid, stupid jackass became kind of for a while part of the kind of a catchphrase out there in, in a interweb land. So just thinking back and thinking back, I was, I remember standing at my desk at my office in, uh, in Lone Tree and standing there and I had, I made the video and I'd edited the video and was, and everything was ready. And I had the mouse hovered, the cursor hovered over the upload button on YouTube. And I remember standing there at my desk with my finger over the mouse and, and thinking. If you do this, your life is probably going to change. And it may be dramatically. And I remember sitting there pausing and thinking and saying to myself, well, it's worth it. And then I hit the button and I uploaded it. And um, now here we are seven years later. I could have never, ever foreseen everything that was going to come out of that. But here we are. And uh, this is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes.
0: Absolutely. And on the topic of setting things on fire, the uh, Jesuit in chief made some comments recently, whether or not this was, uh, printed w- due to the faulty memory of Scalfari, the practical statement, it even showed up on Drudge of all places, uh, that the Pope suggested there is no hell that, that, uh, the souls of, that don't make it to heaven get annihilated. We've heard this before, haven't we? Actually, no, we've heard it condemned, uh, I'm sure you've got something to say about that.
1: Well, I mean, this is uh, this is the second or third. Um, this is his, his at least his fifth quote unquote interview that he's done with Scaffari. and it's obvious what the M O is here. It's it's obvious. This fact that everybody says, well, Scaffari doesn't take notes. He says none of it is verbatim quotes. He just you know re um, reconstructs. The the conversation that he has from memory. Well, the, of course, this is this gives that demonic uh, plausible deniability thing. That's exactly why Bergoglio does it with this guy. And remember who this guy Scalafati is. He's a he is a Freemason. He is an atheist. He is a communist. Like openly, all three of those things, openly. Okay, and Bergoglio just keeps going back, going back, going back many. um, He's done at least five, maybe six um, of these interviews with Scafari so far. And some of them are even posted on the Vatican website itself. And this is either this is at least the second, if not the third time. That this whole denial of the existence of hell and um, soul annihilation—this is the second, if not third time—that that this has been re, that this has been reported slash reiterated by Scafati as being what Bergoglio told him he believes. Um, th- there's no question about what's going on here. Okay, Bergoglio—he's denied. You have to remember he's denied two if not three things he's, he's denied two dogmas of the faith explicitly the first is that the soul is immortal all it, once god makes you and and creates your soul it exists forever there is no such thing as soul annihilation because if there was such a thing as soul annihilation then we would have absolutely no dignity whatsoever we would be just exactly like animals and This kind of leads into a little bit of a segue. We can do kind of a a tangential rant here. One of the things that just bothers me more and more and more and more is when I see people talking about animals as if they are rational intellects, as if they have souls, and as if they they go to heaven or, or enjoy eternal beatitude. It's 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 not cute or funny anymore to say that your your dog or your cat died and now they're in heaven. I mean, this is we have to grow up and stop talking like this. You say, oh, it's not doing any harm. Yes. Yes, it does do harm because it, it cheapens the whole thing. It's false. It's erroneous. And it drags people down to the level of animals, which is very similar to what Bergoglio is trying to do here it is it is to say that their soul annihilation is a direct attack on the dignity of man it's precisely because God loves us that he that we are rational intellects we have the ability to choose which is utterly essential in order to love love cannot be coerced if, if the person or the entity is going to love, it has to be a free choice of that, a completely free choice of that person or entity. Um, so if you're saying that, you know, th- a person lives their life, they die, they die in mortal sin, rejecting God. Things, quote, just didn't work out for that person, that God just shrugs, shrugs his shoulders and annihilates the person's soul. Um, that, that makes us into animals or even less than animals. I mean, that, that makes us just into, you know, chessmen, in, in, inanimate objects almost, or well, certainly— there, um, Go there, ahead.
0: There's a sophism that, that uh, Frank Sheed uses in his uh, Theology for Beginners, Uh, book, and he he makes the phrase that nothing is impossible with God, and he he flips the understanding of this to saying that for God to create a nothing or to cause a nothing from being is impossible because Mm -hmm. God... of of the very nature of, of of being is to communicate goodness. And once you have communicated being to something, if you're perfect, you can't uncommunicate that. It it would be a contradiction of your being itself. So to, for God to create a nothing is an impossibility. And another thing I was going to say here is that, that we weren't, it wasn't really my idea or in in our pre-show discussion here, we weren't weren't trying to serve up a whole bunch of stale Big Macs here, especially during Easter week. We're supposed to let the walls drip with fat and all the good stuff. Um, (laughs) But the idea was to to mention this, and, and instead of you know <laughs> pounding on on uh, the jun- junior bishop and white as as we do a lot, um, to to instead pivot into going through the different uh, citations in scripture or the de fide uh, proclamations of of, of uh, the church or the teachings of the church fathers. Which I'll put a couple of, of links in here in in the show notes to uh, New mm-hmm. Advent and also Tradition in Action, going going through just all the citations of. Uh, the existence of hell and you've got to be insane, stupid or closing your eyes or intellectually dishonest or all the above or some mix thereof uh, yeah. to say that there is no hell. I mean, at that point, if you say there's no hell, you are more theologically deficient than ACDC because their their highway goes somewhere.
1: Uh, then, right on. Well said. Well said. Um, and th- the reason <laughs> why this this just has to be mentioned, Um, I know you probably didn't see it because you were busy. And I think we were kind of chatting a little bit. I have never seen Drudge hold a top headline as long. I think that he that Drudge had Pope denies existence of hell as his above above the fold top headline for almost three solid days yes and and this
0: is this is an atheistic sodomitical um something i mean there are a lot of people who cringe every time we we we, we reference drudge but in this case it's really poignant because this is somebody who is quite antithetical to traditional catholic teaching so for him Mm -hmm. to, to tout and promote this for as long as he did why would he do that think about it for a minute.
1: Exactly. Um, He, like all of us, obviously, we all we all have a horse in that race. Um, But is it any surprise that a sodomite like Drudge would would be very interested in to be to hear the sweet, sweet lies that the worst that can happen to you, the worst that can happen to you is nothing. The worst that can happen to you is it like going into a induced coma and just never waking up. That's the worst thing that can happen to you. Uh, of course they're they're very interested in hearing all that. So, you know, we've got the the denial of the immortal soul. We have the denial of the existence of hell, and as a first step logical corollary to to that is Basically, a denial of Christ's divinity. Because you're at that point, if you say that there is no hell and there is soul annihilation, just top level, top level logical corollary to that is that Jesus Christ is either a liar or mistaken. And if he's either one of those two things, then he's not God Almighty. And 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 that's that's all there is to it.
0: (laughs) It's really cringeworthy for somebody who, like me, who's grown up among uh, the, the the folks of the SSPX and and have always taken a very dim view of all the the documents that came out of Vatican II, to say to 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 think about what the current junior bishop and white is saying and say, but but dignitas humani, you're completely throwing this out, and I'm I'm, I, I'm throwing up on my mouth to even say this, but the dignity of man is based on the fact that we are. Made in the image of God. I mean, that's what the document is supposed to say. They said more things than they were supposed to, which contradicts traditional church teaching. But the point mm-hmm. is, if you're if if you're going to say that there is soul annihilation, yes, you are you are lowering man to the same level as animals. And one of the logical corollaries that comes about as that is, if if we're no better than the animals, then we can kill man to defend the animals, like the weirdo who uh, decided to shoot up the YouTube headquarters just did. That was yep. a fine piece of work. A um, A vegan Muslim woman who was... Animal promote, rights per, per, activist. An animal rights activist, yes. But the other thing, too, is if human or humans are no better than animals, then you can call them if you need to. So, mm-hmm. you know, what's the problem with what um, happened in, you know, Europe wiping out um, a whole bunch of people of who weren't uber-mentioned? What what, what's wrong with what the Turks did with the Armenians? What's wrong with what the Chinese and the Russians did with... What was the aggregate? 180 million. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with killing people if if they're just animals? I mean, we we kill animals all the time if they are diseased or inferior. If humans are no different, let's think about this for a minute.
1: What are we saying? Well, exactly. And we're seeing this with, um, you know, there's another another case of a a little baby who's in the evil grasp of the National Health Service in the UK, and they're trying to passively euthanize this little boy. I believe his name is Alfie Evans. Um, That's the one that they're that they're trying to murder right now. And what this whole putting man on the same level as animals, it's exactly right. How about this? How about suffering? Well, if you have if you have a dog that has cancer, you say, well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and put the animal down so that it doesn't so that it doesn't suffer needlessly. It has a terminal cancer. Um, There's no point in in keeping there and because there truly is no point in keeping an animal like that alive because there can be, you know, no spiritually salutary effects to come as out of that animal suffering, because the animal does not have a rational intellect. The animal does not have an immortal soul. It, it, tr- it truly is annihilated when it dies. I mean, it's not in the sense going back to the point that you made that God cannot, you know, take away, um, existence, but understand what we're talking about is this animal never had an immortal soul to begin with. So, you it was know, not you're
0: made in the image and likeness of the creator. It is not.
1: Yeah, not made in the image of likeness of God, putting it mildly, um, and so it serves no purpose. There can be no redeeming value or anything good that can that can come out of that animal suffering. So yes, absolutely, you go ahead and you put the animal down. In fact, that's that's the right thing to do. Um, you don't, in selfishness, you know, cling to the animal and and make it suffer because its presence is somehow consoling to you, or because you are too you are too effeminate to be able to do the right thing and 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 put the animal out of its misery. Um, if you reduce human beings down to that level, then we get in immediately to all kinds of um, culling and euthanizing anyone who is sick, anyone who is diagnosed with a terminal illness. And then it becomes, and drill down even further, because Bergoglio, anti-Bergoglio is just such a, Everything is so materialistic with him. Um, Now they're going to start talking and they've already used this term overzealous treatment. And, oh, this is costing too much. It costs too much to keep treating this or keep this person alive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We should just, it's for the, it's for everybody's benefit. And, you know, if, if you, if you don't authorize you don't choose to euthanize yourself when you are diagnosed with this with this terminal illness you are stealing from your heirs all you're doing is you are burning your estate with with medical bills if you don't if you don't euthanize yourself you are you are being a burden on the state you are being a burden on your neighbor didn't didn't Jesus say in the gospels no greater love man hath than to lay down his life for his friends? Don't you think you should do the right thing and not cost everybody all this money that it's gonna that's gonna take to keep you alive? And then, you know, you're you're gonna be suffering anyway. You don't want that. Or your parent will be suffering. You don't want them to suffer. Put them down like an animal. That's where all of this is going. And the denial, he, anti-Pope Bergoglio has said this numerous times as well. He has been asked, specifically with these fake things they do when they have little kids ask the Pope questions. One, the, I think they've done this at least twice now. And some little kid has asked the Pope, why is there suffering? Why is there evil in the world? And his answer is always, I don't know. I have no explanation. I mean, come on, come on, that you, we clearly see where all this is going with his with his communism um, and with his diabolical need to just convince people that they're animals. Because then it also if if uh, people are animals, then all notions of sexual morality become become essentially animalistic as well. You know, we're, there's there's no dignity to the human person um. Just do what do what feels good, do what you want, and then remember, the worst thing that can possibly happen is whoop, lights out absolutely nothing. Nothingness is the worst that can happen. Those are the lies that he's telling.
0: And it's amazing in a sense that somebody who is part of the Jesuit order who should have had access, given the fact that he's a bishop and a high-ranking prelate for a long time should have had access to all of the current uh, educational facilities the jesuits or just to read the historical ones i mean what he's saying contradicts his own order Contra- I mean, okay fine we this is stale hamburger
1: five times <laughs> going <ever>. back <laughs> the big mac is getting stinky it's getting <sighs> stinky well obviously i mean this just goes and I, I it feels like i could post a link to this essay Every week or several times a week, they don't actually believe any of it. And you know, the Jesuits of today—they um, I, I, are not—they are not what Saint Saint Ignatius founded. I'm sorry, but no. And you know, the triumph of the Immaculate Heart or whatever happens—I mean, I look forward to the day that where this monstrosity that's roaming the earth, calling calling itself the Society of Jesus, the Jesuit Order, is. Is, it has to be suppressed again because it is so infiltrated with sodomites and it, it's, it, it has to go. It has to be one way or the other. It has to be swept from the face of the earth. And then, if somebody wants to refound the Jesuits at some point in the future, that's fine. Frankly, almost everything is going to have to be refounded because all of these orders now are so infiltrated with sodomites and communists and and just atheists. You know, y- you're going to have to refound almost everything. The Jesuits should be at the top of that list. I mean, how many? There's, you know, I get emails from people saying, "Well, there is, there is this one really good Jesuit priest." I mean, how how many? How many good Jesuit priests are there walking the surface of this earth today?
0: You're you're talking about Sodom and Gomorrah counting here.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's
0: one. Okay, God asked for ten just people in Sodom and Gomorrah, and he would have spared it and and uh, how many did Lot finally bargain God down to? I think was he it bargained
1: down to five, didn't he? Was it five? Yeah, I think so.
0: Are there five good Jesuits left?
1: I don't know i don't I don't know. I hope
0: so <laughs> maybe maybe that's why we haven't had the deluge of fire yet i I'm gonna take that as proof. We have at least six
1: <laughs> good Jesuits <laughs> left because
0: uh the threats of Our Lady of Akita haven't happened yet, so. Um let's continue to pray that six plus a few uh are still out there,
1: yeah and and then get- those six will be happy to refound I mean and i I suspect that if you if you found those six Jesuits and we're putting that in quotations that they would be the first to tell you what an absolute catastrophe what an abject mess the thing that calls itself the society of Jesus is, and they would probably be the first ones to say to you, yes, it needs to be suppressed. Let's do this. Yes.
0: And I was going to say, I'm I'm laughing because the alternative is to cry or, or to quote a priest. I knew once it's like your choices are to laugh or take hostages. So,
1: <laughs> well, I think, I think laughter, we can, we can still keep laughing our way through these dark days.
0: In my notes, I had something talking about uh, proofs of hell. I mean, I, I mentioned ac Not that that's really a proof, but uh, just <laughs> just the the uh, hell in art. Whether it was the great masters of painting and music and and opera and, and Mozart, a great 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 opera. Um, uh, oh shoot! Why am I blanking on this one all of a sudden? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. The opera singer is going to email me and say, "How did you blank on this?" Um, Don
1: Giovanni. Oh. Yes. Yeah? Thank yes. Thank you. Thank you. Don Giovanni. Or, or. That,
0: that's, it's a powerful opera, especially. And it's, it's one of the few things that uh, if, if you watch the, um, uh, the movie Amadeus, mm-hmm. it's R-rated. You shouldn't watch it. Actually, the, the original theatrical release is, is better because they cut some yeah, stuff out. Yeah, they cut
1: the, the sex scene. Yes. Yeah, 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 Or yeah. The, nud- the nudity scene. Yes. yes. So I was
0: going to say there was no sex scene in that. But, but the, mm-hmm. the, the depiction of Don Giovanni and, and the way it is explained in that movie is, is, is poignant and powerful. And, mm-hmm. and uh, now, granted, the the storyteller there is is putting a different, slightly different twist on it, but it's still relevant. You see that, and then actually watch Don Giovanni in, in the theater, and it's it's definitely powerful. But the point being that in in art, you you have all these proofs. Okay, where did they get this idea? It couldn't have been from nowhere. So uh, a different kind of uh, circle of hell. To jump to a completely different topic, um, <laughs> block Bitcoin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah cryptocurrencies. Yes.
0: um yeah the people who love bitcoin i I apologize yeah so that was very pejorative to put it in that that sense but um uh think about the people who end up in hell and what they're attached to and think about what's getting attached to the blockchain right about now. researchers yeah. at a university in Germany have discovered over sixteen hundred instances of child porn in the Bitcoin blockchain along with links to pirated Versions of copyrighted content, and I was mentioned to you during the pre-show if there's if, if there are two things guaranteed to bring the full weight of the u s. government or the Western governments down on you uh, in this day and age, it's either terrorism or copyright violations. to a certain extent, child porn also if you're copyright violating it. but uh, the the politicians seem to be into that as well. but so they they mm-hmm. don't they, they they will hold off a little bit. But uh, if you remember back to our discussion about Bitcoin, One of the things that's very interesting from a financial aspect is that every transaction is recorded in this immutable global ledger that's distributed among however many people are are part of the, um, the cryptocurrency network at any given time. That's good in terms of being able to prove that you can't go back and fudge transactions in the past. But one of the aspects of the this Bitcoin ledger is you can also record certain amounts of, of metadata, anywhere from 80 bytes, or uh, at least for Bitcoin, it's 80 bytes. Other uh, other cryptocurrencies may have um, other uh, amounts of data that you can record, but just other data. It's, it's, it's usually like if you look at your credit card statements, there's the amount, there's the date, there's the uh, transaction processor name for wherever you were shopping, whether it was Walmart or Target or, or wherever, and then there's a description that can be added there as well. Well, that description on, on Bitcoin can be up to 80 bytes, and that's more than enough to store links on the dark web to child pornography. And so mm-hmm. the child child pornographers figured out, hey, wait, global distributed database that can't be erased? <laughs> because if they can go back and edit the blockchain, then the value of Bitcoin drops to zero faster than you can say anything, really. And so th- the whole idea is now the people who are Uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency enthusiasts are caught in the catch twenty two of we have to allow comments on transactions which could be links to illegal content or we have to admit the whole thing is a charade. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, again, I'm laughing. It's 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 it. I've never really had faith in this because it's there are just too many technical holes to poke through it, and also the the question of you know know, who you're competing with, what what problem you're trying to solve. I, it, I don't see this really working anyway. But then you have aspects like this. There is a certain, um, I guess, conspiracy element. You can think about it. Well, these are the enemies of Bitcoin who are trying to seed uh, the Bitcoin blockchain with all this uh, devious material to try and shut down blockchains. Like, well, yeah, that would be for every single cryptocurrency that could ever come about. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And just kind of re-reviewing um, for maybe there are some people who heard the episode, and which episode is it? Is it episode 19? I
0: think it was 19, yes.
1: It's from last summer. It was like in August of last year. And we'll, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. We'll find the, the Bitcoin where Super Nerd completely explains all this, but just like the the 30-second version, if I'm even capable of doing anything in 30 seconds. So correct me if I'm wrong, but as a, as a layperson describing this, the blockchain is a, a ledger that contains every transaction, not just your transaction, but every transaction in the world that has been done on Bitcoin or whatever other cryptocurrency we're talking about. And it, it that's called your, the Bitcoin wallet. Is that correct?
0: Mm, now, the blockchain is just the entire transaction history of all the Bitcoin.
1: Okay. Okay. The, so the, the, the blockchain wallet is, is the, the wallet inter- is what you own the wallet is what you own but in order to have a wallet you have to have you you have to have a copy of the blockchain right
0: not really i mean it, this this gets into private key encryption and and uh, we we did discuss this on a previous episode uh it, it gets into async asynchronous, asynchronous key encryption if i can say that at this hour of the day and and um being able to assert ownership of something that was written onto the blockchain the 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 point for what we're talking about right now, uh, though, is this this global database blockchain is it's it's a chain of of uh, blocks. If you if you use a computer, which you are, if you're hearing this, uh, the data on a computer is stored in blocks on the storage medium, whether it's spinning rust or solid state, um, you know, fixed memory like that. It Mm -hmm. is stored in blocks of certain sizes. And so for the technical people who are putting together this whole idea of, of crypto gold or bit gold, or eventually they called it Bitcoin, uh, the whole idea was they were storing blocks of, of transactions and they were chaining those together and then applying crypt- uh, cryptographic algorithms, which is where we get this whole name blockchain. It
1: mm-hmm. was not
0: the most obvious name to people who are not uh, cryptographers and um, cryptocurrency enthusiasts. But it makes sense once you dig into the, the terminology and understand what what it's getting at. The thing is that, like I mentioned, in any transaction we, what, that happens in real life, whether you're writing a check and you've got a memo line, you could write a memo as big as what can fit on a check. Could that be a link to something illegitimate? Sure. <laughs> Who's going to know it? it? It's between you and the bank at that point. But if it's all digital and it's being stored on a globally distributed database and all of your... I, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not in this field, but um, I would imagine the child porn enthusiasts have a tight-knit group and they know which blockchain bits to look at and share links about. Um, it's it's interesting in, in a certain scientific sense that uh, we, we've talked about censorship before and and um, as YouTube and Facebook and everybody else on, on the web, it's not going to be governments either, it's going to be companies, uh, mm-hmm. start to crack down on conservative thoughts conservative ideas religious ideas and relig- religious thoughts how will we be able to uh, transmit our ideas digitally to one another one idea would be peer to peer networks and as disgusting as it is to think about and say child pornographers are kind of on the vanguard of this the well, way yeah, that, I mean, the way that they communicate the way that they communicate because this is something that is not legal anywhere in the world mm mm-hmm. mhm not even in Saudi Arabia officially I think but it it's this is something that's illegal everywhere but yet these people have managed to produce content and communicate it and share it and I I look at this concept and say I wonder if we're going to be reduced to this at some point and and peer to peer networks of that sort just to be able to get communication out and we talked about um uh, we, we talked about n- uh, net neutrality in a previous show also, and we got some <laughs> very interesting comments back on that. Something, I don't know, I don't know if I mentioned it or stressed it enough, one of the aspects that that um, is part of net neutrality is that the internet service providers and providers who provide service on the internet, two different things, um, would be empowered to or expected to crack down on unlawful uh, internet traffic. Even if it's not illegal, the whole idea, if it's unlawful or it could be used for, for illegal activities, things like peer-to-peer networks, whether whether it is a peer-to-peer, um, say, say, for example, IPFS, which is an interplanetary file system, we could distribute this this show, for example, the, the MP3 files through a protocol called IPFS. It, it's essentially a cross between blockchain and peer-to-peer networks. And we don't have to use any kind of servers like... Um, uh podcast hosting services or websites or anything like that but the fact that it's peer to peer internet service providers and service providers on the internet could say that's illegitimate traffic we're not going to carry it and we're going to block L- it
1: well let me ask let me go back old school um maybe for some of the listeners napster that was peer to peer right yeah the music that thing was, back in was, the tw- in the 2000s
0: yes but it was no No, no, in in a true sense, no, because to be able to get to and download files from Napster, you had to go to a centralized server to see who was sharing what. So Mm -hmm. if I were to set up a a node on Napster, I logged into a central server and published to that central server what I had in my catalog. And so Mm. everybody in the world, if they wanted to see, if they wanted to find, I don't know, um, they wanted to find Mozart K29, uh whatever that, that uh, opus is,
1: mm-hmm. they would
0: check with uh, the Napster central server and they would get a list of people currently connected to the Napster servers who had that. Yes. Peer to peer is you've got to figure out first off who, who are the peers who might be connected and then you have to spider out through them. So there could be a situation where you log in, you're looking for Mozart K29. That's kershal is what K stands for. Uh The particular, um, opus 29 that Kershel cataloged it could be that there are 47 uh people on the peer-to-peer network who have that available to share but the people you're finding at the moment through the network don't have it so it's the difference between there there are inefficiencies to -to peer-to-peer networks that you you know you don't see everybody right away um so it could take a while to find things as opposed to a centralized server i mean it's the whole peer-to-peer versus centralized trade-off it's even legitimate technologies were struggling with us saying, which is the right way to go and which is more efficient and so on and so forth. But, um, there, there are all kinds of trades off the trade you know, trade offs.
1: Hmm. Okay. So Pierre you, you think, or you are hypothesizing that as you know, this Google, Facebook, um, totalitarian regime flexes its muscles and comes after us more and more and more that we're going to have to go to some sort of a peer to peer thing where we're not dealing with any sort of a central, we're not, you know, bouncing off a central hub. We have to go directly to each other.
0: It's possible. And the question is at that point, how do we know how to find each other? And yeah. the, the protocols that would have to be used to find each other themselves could be, uh, the kind of thing on which you get get cracks crackdowns.
1: Hmm. Uh, it's a it's an interesting question. Well, it, especially to- with regard
0: especially with regard to the faith, because there there are people, and and this is this is something that you know, I, I I've always appreciated about your blog and 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 what you do, Anne, is that you are, a, you know, selling the faith, for lack of a better term, <laughs> to um, open minded Protestants. Uh, people who are, are separated brethren who haven't made the final step to come into the Catholic Church, uh, or to some people who who might have been Catholic for a while and have lapsed, like like you blogged about this last week, and if these folks can't find this message, how how are we going to get to them? It, yeah. th- this is something where um, w- when when we stand before God, it's going to become obvious all the opportunities we had to save our souls or to learn about the faith. If you aren't part of the Catholic church, I mean, you, you lived four blocks from a Catholic church. You walked by Mm it, you know, every single day on your, on your daily walk, or you drove by it every single day on your way to work, or you volunteered at the soup kitchen once you retired or something like that, but you never bothered to listen to the theology of it. Yeah. What about the people who are accidentally coming across media, whether it's YouTube videos or, you know, catching on to, uh, the 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 viral trend of somebody burning a Koran or hearing about somebody uh, because Rush Limbaugh read their going galt letter and look at their website and see the traditional Catholic stuff that that they're talking about. Um, if that all gets shut down, the ability to propagate the faith, especially if the faith is a primary target, this is a big problem.
1: Well, and it's it's just getting worse and worse and worse. I got an email from someone who had, um, just for the first time within the last month or so, um, had the diabolical narcissism video sent to them and said, Hey, you should watch this. This talks about things that are going on in your life, et cetera, et cetera. And that's how a lot of people are getting to see the diabolical narcissism video. And this lady sent an email and said, thank you. I watched it. Blah, blah, blah. It was great. Very informative. And then she said, Isn't isn't it amazing that that thing that that video was made in in January of 2016? Okay, so it's just over two years old. And she said, isn't it incredible that just within that short space of time, the two years since you produced that video, how how much worse? I mean, I thought when I was making the diabolical narcissism video that uh, some of the the examples that I was using were just, you know, crazy who could, who could mind blowing, who could ever believe that, that our culture would descend to this level. And this, this email came in and said, have you, have you watched that diabolical narcissism video lately? Do you see how, how, how much worse it is now just in those two years? And it's, um, it's absolutely true. It's all happening. And it it really is, um, it's really interesting to stop and think about the fact and realize that it's going to get even more severe If you're going to to preach the gospel to people and explain the faith to them, obviously what's going to come up are all, first and foremost in our culture, these six Commandment issues. And so if you say anything against sodomy, if you say anything against sexual perversion, if you say anything against, you know, sexual, just complete sexual libertinism or whatever, that this is, you know, this is being called hate crime and so forth. And so, it, it, we're already to the point. Um, I'm not. What what do they call it? The deep web. I mean, I'm not the deep web. Obviously, you can. No,
0: dark dark web is what you're talking web, about. But web, yeah. if you can be found through Google, you're not on dark web.
1: Yeah, I, I'm still technically. I mean, my Google search results have been have cut way way back, but I'm still there, and you can still pull up my U- URL. But I'm certainly considered to be on the lunatic fringe by the mainstream. No question about that. No question at all. Um, and so, yeah, if you want to have um, the 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 truths of the of the of the Catholic faith explained to you. And, you know, my style obviously is one of, you know, bold, forthright, confrontational even, you know, if you want to read anything that's like that and has and someone stands in front of you and says, you know, cut the crap. Um, this is a mortal sin. There is a hell. You will go there if you die in, in mortal sin. Da, da da da. If you want to hear anything like that. It's already it w- considered to be within the domain quote unquote of the lunatic fringe. You can't go to, to websites like you know who can I even cite First things, Patheos, Alatea, any of that stuff I mean it's just it's all just banal fluff and you're not going to get any of these hardcore truths that you need to hear um, And so we already are in a sense certainly this this business of pushing it and 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 categorizing all of it as the lunatic fringe we're well we're well into that and it's it's not going to be too terribly long before we do have to be you know in a sense almost clandestine just to even just to even say something as simple as you cannot have sex outside of marriage. That is mortal sin. Um, that is going to be considered hate speech and they will be coming after us. And before I forget, I do, I do want to mention something. I get lots and lots of emails, um, especially recently sufficient that I've been, that it got my attention. People have been have been asking, suggesting, telling me um, that I should publish, you know, paper books, collected essays. I, I'm on board with this if, if a, a publisher can be found. Because understand, anyone who publishes me is going to instantly, instantly come under attack. Um, boycott, social justice warrior, hate speech, blah, blah, blah. And we're seeing, you know, manifestations of that out in the, in the, in other realms, you know, where these social justice warriors are just... Going after people, so on and so forth. I think Laura Ingram, that little, uh, that little narcissist twerp, that boy from the from the Florida high school. What's his name? Hog, camera hog, camera hog launched uh, an attack on Laura Ingram, and um, apparently, you know, she went she went on a radio show and and made some ridiculous groveling apology, lost a bunch of her sponsors, et cetera, et cetera. So you know, this is all well underway. Oh,
0: and whoever um, whoever's, whoever is advising him on that that one was genius because Laura Ingram really is a bully. I mean, I, I listened to her show once upon a time, and she's smart, sure, I, Harvard educated lawyer. I mean, she's she's uh, she's she's no dummy, but she's also a brash bully. I mean, as as a lot of a lot of media people are, so she stuck her foot in her mouth. And whoever was advising, you know, Camera Hog—that's a great name.
1: Um, <laughs>
0: it, I've heard him referred to as the future senator from Florida. but yeah, um, right on. You know, somebody's going to back him on that one. But uh, the, in, in terms of going after somebody in the media, she she opened herself up to attack. And and talking about attacks from the media and and, and um, what you do at this point in time, it's not the government who's going to crack down on it, on you or us for that matter um uh, it's going to be private media and and mm-hmm. and the the weird sad thing is it's not even going to be um it's not even going to be because of 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 moral opinions per se it's going to be because of 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 sales you know companies like google and facebook bing and everybody else who aggregates data and tries to sell it it's all about marketing and and laura ingram's a great tie into this the fact that she says something rude about a kid, you know, set aside the fact that you're either an activist or you're a kid. You can't be both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, she says something poignant and rude about the kid, and all of a sudden, you know, the, there's fury against her, her marketers because, or against her advertisers because. Do you really want to be associated, you know, Tide, Colgate, and all the rest of them, with somebody who's rude and goes after children? This isn't even political at that point. Do you want to be associated with child haters? Um, do you want to be associated with people who are haters, who are, who don't believe in equality, who don't believe mm-hmm. in, you can love whoever you want. I mean, insert mm-hmm. whatever euphemism you want, it gets into marketing and it gets into advertisers and it's not even about morals and principle. I mean, that's probably, it, it, that might even be the saddest thing. People with your messaging are going to get shut down because you can't sell advertising. It's yeah. not, it, it, and, and when they kill you, it's going to be for that reason, not even because you're Catholic. So you can't even be claiming the martyrdom, the, 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 the palm of martyrdom. Yep. How screwed up is this world?
1: <laughs> I mean, and we've already, we've already experienced a little bit of that. And I, I say we, but you're the one who has to handle all of it, obviously, because we've already had this denial of service attack thing that was going on and you got on top of that and we did what we needed to do. And we, you know, we sit here and we wait for the next salvo, whatever it is, whatever comes in. Um, but back to the idea of me actually publishing books. I mean, I've talked to people, you know, I, I know people with, with uh, literary and publishing house connections and so forth. And they say, well, yeah, your books would absolutely sell. The problem is is that we would just be instantaneously attacked as um, purveyors of, of hate speech. Because, you know, one dare say that that sodomy is... Um, not not a an appropriate thing for any human being to engage in uh, something that simple and you're absolutely right they're they are looking at um they're looking at the bottom line they're looking at per, uh, potential litigation so on and so forth um i I think maybe one option would be to to be published by someone outside of the u s um. I think that the, the climate is, is much worse in the US, the UK, um, you know, the quote unquote first world countries <laughs> where this this culture culture of litigation and so forth is, is so pervasive that maybe it could be published out of some other country. And we were talking about this in the context of the uh, when the denial of service attacks were going on. Do we need to move this website to where it's hosted um somewhere in in maybe Eastern Europe and in, in Poland and Hungary somewhere or Malaysia where, or Russia? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, what what do you do? Where do you look? Um, but I'll, I'll put the word out there um and, and say if anybody has any ideas if anybody knows anyone, I mean, you know there's a lot of people listening to this and people know people and people talk to people who have any suggestions that how, how I could somehow publish books of collected essays sorted by um, general topics. So, you know, one would be churchy essays, one would be economics and finance, etc, um, etc. Cetera, et cetera. One would be politics, blah, blah, blah. Um, and yeah, I, I could totally do that. And and the oov is very big and people, there's a demand for this. I hear from people who say I'd like to have um, your writings in book form. I'd like to be able to, you know, give give as a gift to somebody else um, your collected essays on such and such a topic. Well, yeah, I'd like to do that. And, you know, maybe even get it to where there's, well, uh, this is another concern for me, is, you know, having having declared a federal tax strike, that makes all of this very, very complicated. Um, I don't know. I don't know what what could be done, but Even if, even if it doesn't result in me getting any significant financial benefit of it, just people want paper copies of my stuff. Okay, let's see. Let's see if somehow we can make that happen. If anybody has any, any suggestions, I'd, I'd be willing to listen.
0: That's an interesting point you make about the, the, um, the tax point, because, um, what if you, essentially made it made it available to anybody who wanted it. And so basically you, you make the commitment to somebody who wanted to publish, I don't want a dime from it. You just you just cover your expenses. If your name is attached to it, can can the tax authorities come after you? That's an interesting question.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. (laughs) I've never done this before as people, people always ask me, you know, well, what do you think? How do you, how is this going to play out? And you know, my answer for the past, um, however many years it's been now is, I don't know, I've never done this before. So, you know, you just, uh, abandon yourself to the divine providence. And, and so far, so far I have, I have yet to sleep in a train station and goodness knows I'm not starving to death. If anything, I, it's, it's the reverse. I have to be careful. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. So I, I'll just put it out there and we'll see what happens.
0: Well, the, the phrase that comes to mind is value for value. And the only time that uh, we've mentioned Anne Rand on the show is to to uh, rhetorically pummel her because because of her crazy uh, atheistic ideas. But the idea of rendering value in return for something you find valuable. I mean, it's a phrase I've used at the very end of the podcast here when I when I mentioned the donors to uh, Super Nerd Media. But uh, the whole idea is if 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 the. <laughs> One idea would be just to give it away and say, and include a note saying, "Hey, if if you find this valuable, there's a way you can return value. Do it this mm-hmm. way. Not, and it's not mm-hmm. going to be a Bitcoin either, but um that's an idea uh in terms of actually putting it in a physical media. um You're going to have to recoup costs somehow. I'm, I'm sure yeah. if somebody's got some ideas. I know there is publish on demand, some other some other ways of doing it. You could. Could just publish the PDF and a link for how to download it and um, order it through through Publish On Demand, such that you're not selling it. Somebody acquires it and, and has it printed for them. I don't know. Depends on but how then many pages it is.
1: The question is: at this point, do those? Because I bought I bought a publishing package. Um, it's been like five years ago and it was, it was one of those publishing on demand things. And I just, I never, I never did it and really pursued it because, you know, you, you read their terms and conditions and of course there's this provision of, you know, we do not, we do not publish hate speech or whatever. Well, I hate sodomy and I hate sin and I hate, um, evil And so that is characterized, of course, in today's culture as hate speech. And so, you know, you're painted into this into this corner and you call and you say, look, I'm I I write. Here's what I write about. Um, I denounce all sexual immorality, um, which includes vigorously. (laughs) I vigorously denounce sodomy, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, they're just like, nope. They, and they won't touch it. And imagine, I mean, if that was five years ago and there was already that, that um, people looking over their shoulder um, and being freaked out and nervous about, quote, unquote, hate speech, imagine how much worse it is now. So, again, I'm, I'm almost thinking it would have to be something, something offshore, but we'll see.
0: What if you went the Malachi Martin route? Which is? Well, windswept house. Is sort of a documentary, but it's a fiction. Mm-hmm. So what if it's just sort of allegorical?
1: Ooh. That would be ooh. I don't know if I'm skilled enough of, of a writer to translate and you know I, the, you, the start, topics, you, start, you, start,
0: you start talking about hate speech and I I'm I'm in my mind i I'm goofily saying, Well, I could I could talk hate speech about Java all night long because that's not my language of choice, but that's you know, it's a twist of the term hate speech. Well, justified, but it's still a twist of the term. And that's Java haters at supernerdmedia.com. dot <laughs> com.
1: Well, I, you know, what what I wanna do is have clear, blunt, forthright explanations of of the church and what's, what the church teaches, for example, or a clear, blunt explanation of just the satanic evil of the political system of Islam, for example. Um, and, you know, my whole my whole shtick, if you'll permit the term, is bluntness, clarity, forthrightness, you know, bam, here it is, da-da-da-da-da. For, for further information now, you may go over here, 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 here. But I, I don't want to have to I don't want to have to turn it into some some novel or or work of quasi fiction. And I see the point you're making, but I just don't think that that would work with what I'm doing because the entire point is that it's it's clear and concise. And uh, you know, the average the average Westerner who has a, a pretty short attention span and not much of a capacity to read more than fifteen hundred words, and then you know. Absolute outer limits is is twenty five hundred words. You've got to keep things short. Um, I I, that to me is what the strength is, and that's what I want to maintain. And it seems to me that the best way to do it is to just um, publish publish them as collected essays, so that each one. You know, I think I, I remember when I was looking into the the self publishing thing five six years ago. However long it's been now, that you know the average little a uh, paperback book it contains roughly 250 words per page so if you're talking about a 2500 word essay you're looking at something that's 10 pages 10 pages long in an average size paperback book and that's i think that's about as as far as you can go and keep people's attention
0: somewhere between animal farm and science fiction you may be be able to pull it off in an allegorical fashion and Again, I'm going to out myself as a Star Wars fan here, but one of the <laughs> books that came out recently that that I read is, is by Timothy Zahn, it's called Thrawn. It's it's all just Star Wars stuff, but but at the beginning of each um uh chapter is this something that could have been pulled out of Sun Tzu about the the, the mind of the warrior and how 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 warfare works and how you have to analyze your enemy and the character Thrawn is a master tactician among master tacticians in the Star Wars universe. It's all you need to know about that. Don't read it because it's it's uber geekery. But the, <laughs> the point is that that even though it's a science fiction novel, and you could definitely make the point that uh, there's an implicit denial of, of Jesus somewhere in there, but science fiction is fiction. But there you can still tell a story that has actual applicability to the real world. I'm just riffing on ideas here somewhere between like an animal farm telling of, of, of a fictional way of, of condemning communism to uh, science fiction. I mean, it, it, again, this is all somewhat also based on continuing to think about the, the whole idea of what we talked about in the last podcast about how science fiction contains denials of Christ um, denials of God. Yes. And no, because um, I don't know that that was ever necessary to, for, for fiction in any sense to prove, uh, the story of, of, of the gospels. So anyway,
1: uh, I hear, you. it's also intimidating for me because I have never seriously written. I have not written one word of fiction. I don't think in my life, um, <laughs> maybe some, you know, little exercise back in, in junior high or something like that. But I've, I've literally, I'm not one of those person, people who, who sit around and, Write um, fiction like that, so it would be starting from scratch for me, and then trying to integrate all those ideas into a novel or a work of fiction. I've heard somebody say, you know, we we trad Catholics, we need our own, you know, Harry Potter. We need something like that. I really don't think that I'm the person that could do that at all. Um, I'm I'm not a fiction writer.
0: Um, not Harry Potter per se, but um there a former coworker of mine was a big fan of harry potter and and, and I asked her about it and she said it 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 kind of came under the whole uh umbrella of paranormal and when you think about uh real things in Catholicism could fall under paranormal i mean not that they will tell you the full story, but exorcists can tell you some very paranormal stories hmm and um I've had some ideas for some some fictional uh, stories that that revolve around uh things like this it's like i I know somebody who 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 made the reference to uh as Catholics we have the best stories you you yes. look at just what's in the gospels or in, in in scriptures uh Saint Paul in his escape from from uh, Damascus uh Jonas in his shipwreck and how he got back to land. we have the best stories mm-hmm and some of this sounds like fiction because it's too good to be true well you can also tell the same moral principles in actual fiction
1: yeah and well. we, we we've gone way
0: beyond <laughs> gone way beyond an actual outline i think we're just riffing on ideas at this point i think we are
1: well, do you want to, do you want to wrap this one up? And then, um, no, I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything about any future episodes that may or may not happen or when they will happen. Uh, we, We've learned we, that we lesson
0: too well. We definitely need to cut it off before it gets too long because, um, <laughs> We made the. I, I sort of uh, said that we we needed to just go ahead and do the long episodes because people like them. But then we do the long episodes and then we end up going taking one or two weeks off inadvertently, indeed, indeed, unintentionally, indeed. by accident. Things happen. So I, I was I was saying uh, before we started recording, like we need to do a thirty minute show. That way we can do another one next week. But uh, no, I, I, we got, we got a lot to talk about. And if you think we don't, then email. Uh, it's, it's The email address is uh, podcast at barnhart.biz. If you have uh, feedback, comments, suggestions, whether it's uh, how Anne can write in a metaphorical uh, <laughs> way about anything, um, <laughs> tell the listeners about the the, the, the
1: benefactor masses. Um, benefactor masses, all days that end in why the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is now being offered for all of my benefactors and supporters and I have to mention this and I'll make a a written post about this as well you know I was sick for like I was just completely laid out for over, over a week and the email box got really really backed up and hairy but I received an email from Father Tuesday who was deployed in the Middle East and I'm absolutely delighted to report that he is back home, his deployment is over He's home safe and sound. But, you know, as with all as with all of us, and especially with all all of these good priests, you know, it's it's fair to say that they are. They're, in a sense, in more danger, um, maybe back back home than they were in the physical danger that they're in over in some operational theater in the Middle East, wherever they were, that the attacks of the devil on these good priests are are intense, absolutely intense. And so please keep not just Father Tuesday— but Father Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Father Backwater, who covers Friday, Saturday and Sunday, and Father Requiem, please keep all of them in your prayers, because as we can see, th- the attacks of the enemy are just going to get more and more and more intense. And in fact, I remember just circling back kind of where we started or talking about liturgy and all of these pre-55 liturgies. I think I I messaged to you, Super Nerd, and I, I was chatting with several other people Um, in the run-up to Holy Week about all of these pre-55 liturgies happening and how the enemy was going to be very, very angry about all of this and that we should all be bracing for some sort of an attack. And then sure enough, we wake up on, on Thursday, on Holy Thursday, and there's your big headline on Drudge, Pope denies existence of hell. Uh, it's, of course, we know he's the anti-pope. But Pope denies the existence of hell, and I, there it is. There's your attack right there because all these pre-55 liturgies were happening. And so keep keep all of these good priests in your in in your prayers, and remember the Matthew 17:20 intention. Um, I'm doing Tuesday and Friday full fast, and remember the intention is. Ugh, stale Big Macs, but I'll just repeat it quickly, that Bergoglio be publicly acknowledged and removed as anti-Pope, that the whole thing, the whole Bergogl- Bergoglian anti-papacy be publicly nullified, that Pope Benedict XVI Ratzinger be publicly acknowledged to have been the one and only living Pope for all these last five years plus, that Bergoglio repent, repent, revert to catholicism die in a state of grace and achieve the beatific vision and that pope benedict ratzinger repent for what he has done die in a state of grace and achieve the beatific vision anything less than that is not a complete is not a complete resolution and it is a massive massive knot but we give these massive massive knots to our lady undoer of knots and we don't say to her Blessed Mother, would you please untie this one third of the way? If you've got a knot and you give it to the Blessed Mother, the prayer is, please completely and totally undo this knot. And I, I think that what I just went through and that how I frame the my Matthew seventeen twenty intention, you know. Undoing everything and then getting both of them, but yes, yes, you don't want you don't want your worst enemy to go to hell. Um, we, we certainly don't want Bergoglio to go to hell. I mean, as as much as we despise what what he is doing and what he stands for and the crimes that he's committed and so forth, you don't want anyone anyone to go to hell. Um, and boy, oh boy, he is on the fast track. For hell, and it's going to take a, an intense amount of of prayer, fasting, and intervention um, in order in order to m- see to it somehow that this man repents of this and revert and re and re enters the Catholic Church before he dies. And yes, I think it, it's pretty safe to say at this point that you can't really honestly consider him to be. He he does not hold the Catholic faith. He certainly doesn't hold the Catholic faith whole and entire. He's made that perfectly clear. So we've got to get him to repent of what he's done and revert to Catholicism, and then die in a state of grace. This is a big deal. This is a big big petition. But go big or go home. God is infinite and He can do absolutely anything. But we have we have to be praying for this. Um, you you have to ask for the right thing. You have to and you have to ask. Um, you know, prayers prayers that are never made cannot be answered. So that's what I'm doing. I'm doing it Tuesday and Friday, and of course, um, I do full fast, which means don't eat. But you know, whatever whatever your capabilities are, and also if logistically, if you need to, you know, bump to Monday or bump to Wednesday or whatever whatever it is, that's fine. But j- just trying to make the commitment to twice a week doing something um, concrete. In, in the context of prayer and fasting, that this be resolved.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I made a, the comment earlier in the podcast real popes die in office. And, um, real popes
1: die in office. Yep. Whether they like it or not. <laughs> right.
0: Whether or not there's an administrative abeyance or not. So,
1: yep. Yep. All right. And let me see, is there anything else we need to mention? Um, oh, I, I'll just say my thank you to my benefactors. Do you have any, do you have any thank yous you need to make?
0: Yes. I was going to say, um, with regard to this podcast, it is a production of super nerd media. And I wanted to thank Richard and Arthur and Susan who donated since the last podcast. And if you would like to donate to this podcast, to this enterprise, to this thing we do, uh, you can find more information at supernerdmedia.com/ slash donate. And, um, I have nothing more to say.
1: All right. Well, let's call this a podcast and um, we'll see you all mm, anon. Let's put it that way.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We'll be back tomorrow or sometime soon. Uh, Until then, I am Super Nerd.
1: And I'm Anne. Thank you, guys. God bless.